And I'll just start with a bit of a bit of a welcome as everyone's coming in the door. So as I said, I'm Jenny Stanley, founder and managing director of Appetite Creative. And I'm really excited to have everyone here and a huge welcome to everyone who's joining us on this webinar. This is our 13th webinar in the Talking Giraffe series. And today we have a very international panel with people from Saudi, Dubai, Portugal, Madrid, Barcelona and the UK all together. So it's really exciting to have such a diverse panel come here to talk to us today. If you want to view this one or others, you can do later on our website or our YouTube channel. This session, like the others, will be recorded and we'll be sending out the recording a few days later to everyone registered. And this will also be available on podcast. This is an interactive session, so we will allow open QA. So feel free to write your questions to our fantastic panellists in the QA box below. And we will try to ensure that all your questions are answered today by our fantastic guests. When Appetite Creative launched the world's first connected packaging experience back in 2017, many people turned their heads as if it was something that came out of the far future. However, four years later, the world changed, and connected experiences are now part of everyone's daily routines. Brands that want to get closer to their consumers find the landscape is changing. And with first-party data getting harder and harder to come by, and on the other side, QR codes being used everywhere from everything, boarding passes at the airports to, I'm sure you've seen it now, digital menus and restaurants. There are lots of different things for marketeers to consider. But some of you might be asking, what exactly are connected packaging experiences? Well, these refer to the integration of technologies within your product packaging design. It could be a QR code or an NFC tag that can allow the user or the consumer to access and therefore enable an enhanced user experience, simply to scan the QR code or touch their phone on an NFC tag. This increases then product engagement and allows for GDPR compliant, first data, first party data collection that provides a deeper level of consumer behavior analysis. So to discuss how these connected solutions have evolved through the years, and how it has changed the digital business panorama, I will have the pleasure of hosting five industry experts. John Jeffries, customer due diligence and trainer at Tesco. Pippa Guerra, brand content and sustainability senior marketing manager at Danone. Maddie Al-Husani, head of marketing at Saudi Dairy and food, Foodstuff Company. Renata Montiero Costa, marketing manager for Iberia at Tetra Pak. And Islam Edouhus, ah, I knew it was going to happen. And Islam Edusuki, Global Creative Strategy Director for Hydration Sports Tea and Coffee at the Coca-Cola Company. I think I deserve a round of applause for that. Anyway, we will move to part one. Part one will be fantastic with John Jeffries and Pippa Guerra. So to get started, let me give a warm welcome to both our first guests this morning. Pippa and John. Good morning to you both and a fantastic, fantastic welcome. Um, maybe Pippa, can you just give us a quick introduction to who yes, you are? Yes, hi. Good morning to everyone and, and thanks for having me this morning, part of this amazing panel uh, community. Um, so I'm Pippa, I'm originally from Portugal, I'm currently in Barcelona. Uh, I've been spending the past uh, three and a half years with, uh, with Danone. Um, Driving marketing transformation. Actually, that comes. I like. I prefer to introduce myself in terms of passions. I'm passionate about uh, transformative, connected um, 
uh, brand activation that pushes the boundaries, especially on sustainability and social uh, impact. Um, this pretty much describes what I have been doing with Anon. Uh, previously, I've been with, with Mondelez and Kraft Food, so food company, food, food industry. And I've started off actually uh, 12 plus years ago um, within, with the packaging industry. Tetra Pak was one of them, just a little bit to close the loop and knowing that we have other, other panelists on those industries as well. So thank you so much. Fantastic. Thank you, Pippa. John, I like that. Uh, let's, let's hear about your passions. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my passions are the food industry. I have uh, spent approximately 40 years in the food industry, um, principally on sales and marketing, starting with uh, all the major multiples in the UK, working through uh, the world, effectively, into export. Um, I've handled large brands and small brands, working up from a sales executive and ending up as a managing director and global sales and marketing uh, director. Um, I'm more recently moving into packaging, my, my passions are sustainability. My passions are the technical connection between the consumer and the supplier and producer so that you actually get a two-way conversation. Technology has come on absolutely amazingly over my time in the industry, but we have lost a connection with the face-to-face -face customer relationship. And that's why this is so exciting today. Thank you very much, John. Fantastic. Okay, well, Pippa, we'll start with yourself. As we're discussing connective, well, most importantly, innovative packaging ideas today, as well as the sustainability behind these, I think a great starting point for our conversation would be to address the known circular economy of packaging. Can you tell us more about this beautiful and noble initiative and, and how did Danone come up with it? What's the estimated environmental impact of the initiative? Tell us more. Sure. So um, at Anon, and just to start a little bit, uh, framing understanding what uh, what Anon is all about and how much it's actually in Danon's DNA, this topic, and it's more than a trend and more than um, pressure from the outside, which is also a truth for everybody to actually um, uh, yeah, be active uh, in this space and trying really to uh, to to improve and to go from a linear uh, um, a, a linear packaging approach to a more circular packaging approach. Um, so Danone. Um, Danone's vision is about bringing health through foods to as many people as possible. Um, so health is at the core, but the health uh, is not health just about health for people, um, what would it be if we would not worry about the health of our planet, right, where we live in? Mm -hmm. uh, so all of this is connected. Um, uh, Danone launched a new corporate identity um, back four years ago. Um, it's all about uh, Danone, one planet, one health. This, um, to summarize really the efforts of the company, um, on again delivering sustain delivering uh, health through food, but also uh, playing a huge role in terms of sustainability, in terms of uh, uh, um, trying to be as um, uh, trying to preserve as much as possible our planet. Okay, so this to set a little bit of frame. Uh, then about packaging circularity. Um, basically, it's about the, the the famous three R's, right? So it's about reducing. Um, trying to eliminate uh, all the pack that we actually don't need. Uh, so minimi minimization, this is almost like a hy hygienic uh, uh, approach that you take before stepping into what really circular economy of packaging means. Um, the hardcore part of it is about reusing, 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 reusing. Um, 
So it's about understanding uh, uh, which materials we are using that are able to be reused and how often are they able to be reused to keep and to keep them in the economy, right? This is why it's called circular economy in the end. So to to not to try to keep the value of the material for as long as possible, um, and trying well to aim for zero waste, ideally. Then the third R is about recycling. So obviously. Um, we try to use uh, the materials as much as we can. And of course, there are uh, numerous uh, innovation uh, initiatives on trying to look at uh, new uh, biomaterials, uh, how new technologies to how to reuse materials uh, and so on and so forth. But there is a moment that obviously um, packaging is disposed and how, how and where is it disposed? So this is a little bit as a, a, a company that actually generates plastic, because obviously we need that to sell our products, um, taking the, the responsibility, not alone, but together with other partners. So collaboration here is key uh, in order to ensure that the, package, the packaging is actually recycled or ideally even composted. So trying to look at all the end-to-end the -end, uh, um, side of it. Then, of course, I mean, uh, from a... From a um, from a company perspective, uh, it's uh, the hardcore part of it is about redesigning, uh, designing packaging for circularity, as I say. So looking at materials, they are materials that either they cannot be separated in order to be properly recycled, or there are some parts that can actually not be recycled. So how can we replace those? So it's a huge process, lots of people involved, lots of functions, obviously. Um, this worldwide. Um, the commitment uh, Danone made is that by 2025, all packaging will be 100% either uh, reusable, compostable um, or recyclable. Uh, so this is one of one of the things, and I would say the hardcore where where Danone takes its own responsibility. Um, but of course, again, we cannot do that alone. So uh, a, a second big pillar is on waste management. Um, Yes, you can improve, but if uh, if the recycling uh, recycling programs are not working, uh, if uh, still your packaging lands on the landfill, of course you can take your hands off and say, okay, that's not my job. But no, um, so how can we partner with the right people, public, private organizations, in order to ensure this uh, this waste management? And the third uh, part of it is to preserve the natural resources, right? So uh, again, also here, uh, big collaboration one massive project with Nestle Waters, with PepsiCo uh, and other um other competitors, so to speak, or other uh, other industries, um, in terms of how to pr how to produce um, the most amount of bio-based uh, packaging in order to, uh, to 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 preserve natural resources. So this is a little bit in a nutshell in terms of spectrums. Yeah, and and, and addressing all of those different areas as well, which are all really important to making up. Um, a, a concerted effort rather than just focusing on on, on one area. That's um, that's pretty interesting as well because it's it's also working with with partners, uh, which I think is important as well. So working with partners and in, including the consumer. John, I would say that's key. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. For me, that's the the yeah. I I find absolutely it's leading by example. But there's nothing like looking at other partners joining forces because we can only drive change if we do that. And that's pretty much uh, the non-philosophy as well. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. John, when when we were chatting um, a few weeks ago, you actually mentioned that connected packaging actually is nothing nothing new. 
Um, and that kind of struck me as a, a really interesting uh, statement. What, tell me more. What, what did you really mean by that? As being the older stager in the uh, in the panel today, I suspect I've seen a little more. Um, going back to the sixties, we had connected packaging. We had, uh, but it was it was more localized. What we have now is a global opportunity. What we had then was localized op options taken up by local retailers. I remember the milkman delivering a milk bottle with a photograph of the local milkman on there. This is your milkman. Any problems speak to this milkman. It gave that interaction between the customer and the supplier, and it bound them into that that brand for that particular time. Um, we also had our own form of connected packaging. Kellogg's were great at this. They put face masks on the back of cereal packs that you cut out with connection um, addresses that you wrote into to join clubs. And again, it's about binding that person in, making them feel worthy and wanted by that brand. And that's no different to what we're doing now. What we want is a connection. We want that connection with the customer and we want them to connect with us and open the door to let us in. And that's, that's even more important now because of GDPR restrictions. Mm. If the customer connects us through connected packaging as a brand or as a supplier or as a retailer, that's opening the door saying, yes, you're allowed to go through GDPR and we're signing into that. Everybody who has an opinion wants their opinion to be valued. Um, I can give an example. My, my daughter-in-law is much younger than me. She has an opinion on things. She's always connecting with where it's possible and easy with brand suppliers to give her opinion on those because she thinks it's worthy. She's an expert. We're all experts when we purchase. We're all experts at shopping, so we know what we want. But this is this is a fantastic opportunity because it's, it's more than just a connection. You can put anything behind a QR code. You can put your factory. You can put your personality. So you can actually build a brand that people interact with people. Although it's not physically face-to-face, -face, it's actually connecting with the company that you're dealing with and binding into that. And from that, you can actually develop brand ambassadors from your customers. They would go off and talk about what a fantastic experience they've had. This is just one aspect of it. Touching what Pippa said, the other side of it is, is the information you can pass on your recyclability, on your, your green credentials. There are several companies that I've worked with, SMEs, that are struggling desperately to go green. The problem for that is if you're a large company, you're working with the larger producers of the materials that you need, the smaller customers are having to rely on smaller suppliers, um, which makes it more difficult. There's a lot of confusion in terms of where do we recycle? What products do we use? How do we use this? All this information can come through from connected packaging. You can tell the customer what to do with it. And I'm talking at customer end, what do I do with the product? We can produce the most green product, but if you don't tell them how to use it in the end, they don't know what to do with it. This yeah. was absolutely clear in Australia. They were probably quite a long way ahead of us in the UK at the time I was over there in terms of their management of their coffee industry. The problem was the industry over there that was actually processing the recyclability or recyclable products didn't have standardization from unit to unit couldn't recognize what was the correct product and there was no standardization in terms of what level of recyclability was applied to the packs as well so this connected material will allow us to actually educate our consumers on how to use it and it will make the process much much easier it's about clarity it's about simplicity but it's about inclusion more than anything else getting that customer to be inclusive with us and to be included with us and include us with them you bind them to the brand and you drive your brand forwards. 
Definitely. I mean, education, is, it's such a great way to be able to educate around sustainability, but also around the product itself. You know, Absolutely. you know how, how to use the product, where the product comes from, but also how to where, to use the to use the product in the best way, or recipes, or or uh, different ways of being able to apply particular products, for example. So I think there's so many different ways that brands can use this. Yes, um, but it's the immediacy of it as well. Yeah, the problem we have at the moment, and COVID has brought this home dreadfully more than anything else, is that we've broken an interaction between customers and brands at the store because people are not going to the store. I know this through my, my work with Tesco, but people are saying to me, I won't go to a store because we're, we're scared of the situation at this moment. So if you can open that door via your packaging, you have a, a direct link with the consumer in terms of how to push your brand forward, how to deliver the benefits of that brand and how to get feedback from that customer on improving your brand and the way that you're working as well. So you have a two-way face-to-face conversation that works immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pippa, the main subject of this session is how innovative and connected packaging is not part of the future, but already part of the business and packaging strategy for many companies now. As, as, as John says, it's it's kind of been happening just now in a different way. What's Danone's approach to this trend? Do you, how do you see connected packaging being a solution for Danone and, and your consumers? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, um, touching also on what uh, John was referring, uh, it's incredible, right? The the change, uh, the transformation that uh, that has been happening and is still happening. Uh, it's incredible um, in terms of f- what happens in in Danone. Is, I mean, we are quite aware of it because I feel everyone needs to to be in order to be there and to be to be relevant. I think immediacy was quite an interesting point that John also referred. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say transparency and relevance um, being other key topics. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, it all starts with um, with this boom in technology and in, in the digital space um, that on how quickly people can actually search brands, how uh, quickly they can search the companies behind it, uh, the way of production, uh, the reviews, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? So brands and companies are um, much more vulnerable than ever. Um, This might be a little bit scary at the beginning, but actually it's what makes us move ahead and to be better and better, right? So I would say, Consumers are smarter and smarter because of that, because of the informational uh, information available um, and how quickly it is to ban a brand uh, nowadays or to create a new brand from scratch and for it to be quite successful. Actually, we can see that from local local companies, local brands. and I mean, companies like Danone and many others are actually suffering from that or f- felt that pressure. Um, Exactly because of this fast track, new ways of doing it, um, and especially answering these uh, new consumer needs um, that are on uh, really demanding uh, um, relevance, relevance to their lives. What are you bringing to me? Um, if I want to, if I want to to buy a yogurt, which brands to choose? Well, what what are the brands actually doing besides selling their products, right? Yeah, the and how are they producing? So mm-hmm. how are they treating people? How are they treating their workers? How are they uh, being more sustainable as well? Um, all of this is helping um, to to for consumers to make the choices and to either kill or 
venerate a brand. I'm exaggerating on purpose, but but it, yeah. really, it's really vulnerable and it's it's really out there. And we can so all we have to uh, all we have to ensure and connected packaging is key to that as well is to. To, to make sure that we can, we can communicate who we are um, uh, in the best way possible. So authenticity, how are we, um, uh, how are we actually um, producing our products? What is our stand in um, towards hot topics that happen, that happen globally, but also some are more local, right? So uh, connecting uh, um, the activations and whatever communications you are working on with your brand to make sure that that touches the relevance that the consumers need. So connected packaging in that sense plays a huge role um, in terms of being able to um, to bridge and to 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 on one hand being able to inform people much better on what they're actually purchasing right that john also mentioned mm-hmm. on the other hand uh, what they can do even more that people are demanding nowadays is how can i be active i want to actually be part of it so how can you make me be part of it? And through connected packaging, through technology, um, such as QR codes, uh, et cetera, you are able to take people through. And uh, I don't know, I'm thinking of activations where it's about donations, right? So you buy a pack, you 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 scan it, you are able to 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 build on your points and to be able to um to redeem it on uh, whatever, planting a tree or uh, bringing food to uh, more vulnerable uh, families in your community even. Um, so all of this is a reality and connected packaging uh, and thanks to technology opens a whole new space to be able to to answer these new consumer needs. Definitely. I mean, we've got a, a platform that directly links your purchases with a um, initiative exactly like um, as you explained. We've actually got a question from an anonymous attendee. Um, the question is, what do you think that uh, a brand should be thinking they would uh, receive from a connected packaging? What would make it a successful? What should they be looking at? Yeah, you, I mean, what what is the traffic that you're generating, right? Like, how can you, how are you making sure that... Uh, um, uh, that people are getting engaged and are actually, how can you... Where are you losing or not? How are you taking people through the whole consumer journey, passing through the connected packaging? I mean, actually, connected packaging is helping precisely to be able to track and to understand better the behavior of uh, um, of people and how you can actually optimize in terms of communications, right? So on one hand is um, uh, trying to make sure and understanding where where you are and where, how you are taking the consumers through this journey, and on the other hand, um, and on the other hand, to uh, to be able to understand what is actually their uh, incentives and so on and so forth. So to really to understand in terms of insights, to be able to to get your loop right and to be able to improve your your communications as well. So basically, what I want to say is. Yes, you track and you 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 check your KPIs through through the journey. So you make sure in terms of uh, traffic that you take through through people, and then what you how can you improve it further um, to be able to to optimize exactly that um, this type of approach, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, John. Are you still with us? You're focusing across many different markets. I think you talked a little bit about Australia. Um, just just quickly tell us, do you perceive there being differences across the globe? Are there 
more uh, are there more regions with with consumers more willing to engage than others, or is it the same across the board? No, that, that there is a, a variety of, of uh, different responses. It's it's also um, generational based as well. Younger generation are more involved in terms of the immediacy of, of connected packaging. But they are the next generation that will continue buying all the way through. So we want to link into the younger generation as well. And it's about getting the message across to the right people. Australia has a, a certainly where I was, which was around Melbourne, Sydney, et cetera, there, there, there is a, a vast number of younger, fully clued up, interactive people who are prepared to and have high disposable incomes and are prepared to buy into this kind of connected packaging and they want more and it's about getting the message across to the right people and this is exactly the right way to do it you don't see anybody walking around there without a phone you don't see anybody out there check without checking the packaging that they're buying and the product they're buying regularly so they want more they want to be able to get in contact find out what's going on and if you can have that two-way brand reaction with them and connection with them you're going to get them on board for a much longer period but it's a two-way thing they want to give information to you by opening that door they're actually saying yes make me part of your your process because i want something from you i'm interested in what you're doing and that makes your brand a destination point for them yeah definitely yeah and, and gives that opportunity to have that conversation uh yeah. and, and relay that information I mean, the UK has been more conservative than Europe. Um, that, that's a general statement, but I found Europe more, more um, advanced in terms of, certainly in, in looking for green credentials, uh, they've been there a lot earlier than we were. UK is doing a, doing a little bit of a, play, uh, a catch up in this, this respect. Um, but something like this connected, which would give simple, easy to understand clarity on how things are taken forward by a brand, is absolutely superb at this moment in time, particularly as we develop our green credentials and then moving on to the actual brand itself, the development of the brand and the input from the from the uh, consumer on how to develop that brand is first-class information. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, You're Tom welcome. and Pippa. Um, we've, we've run out of time. I'm sure we've, okay. got, we've actually got other questions which I'll pass on um, afterwards, but I think we need to jump to the interactive poll. So thank you so much for your time. For the interactive poll, the question for our audience is, do you think the implementation of technology in packaging makes customers more willing to give their data to companies as they get interactive and connected experiences in exchange? Two answers, yes or no? Um, simple there. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. And thanks very much, Pippa and John. Couple more seconds for the poll. Five, four, three, two, one. And we have 90% on yes, definitely. Um, so, or 86%, a, slight, a, 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 a late, a late comer coming in there. So pretty, pretty confident that consumers are more willing to give their details in exchange for an experience. And that brings us nicely into part two with Madi Al-Husseini and Renata Montiero Costa. Thank you very much. Thank you for being with us here today. Let's jump straight into some questions. Madi, you were involved some time ago with a connected packaging campaign for Oreos. What can you tell us about the, the, the project? How how can you tell us how that helped your business? 
Yeah, thank you for having me too. Uh, and yeah, Oreo as a global brand, lots of uh, technology was available. And maybe like uh, John was mentioning, it's there since 60s. Uh, some is technology, some is not. Um, and for Oreo, we added the QR code because that was the most relevant for our region. At that time, the region was EMEA, Eastern Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So that helped us to connect with the consumers in a way that they are uh, accepting and uh, to link it back to a game that we were developing at that time and helped us with the global campaign for 100th, 100th birthday for Oreo. Nice, nice. And Renata, you're also involved in a project including uh, connected packaging. Tell us about the, the, the Spanish connected experience. What are the benefits for, for, for your consumers of the tech? Sure. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Uh, basically, this project is a demonstration that uh, one package can be much more than just the package itself. I mean, we now uh, know that the packaging goes beyond the product itself. You know, by having packages that communicate with the consumers, it is possible to provide information such as the origin of the product or even entertainment uh, with the opportunity to adapt to each target. Okay, and also to get information from the consumers in real time. I mean, it's an innovative tool that brings value uh, to our customers and also to the consumers. Okay, it basically, uh, it somehow revolutionized the packaging market. As Pippa was saying uh, before, it's really important to, to really approach to the consumers um, and reinforce, I mean, the relationship um, between the brand and the consumers and also uh, have the transparency um, about the product, the packaging, all of the process, in terms of uh, nutritional benefits, in terms of sustainability. So this is all, um, all that we are planning to do with this tool that we will launch soon in Spain. Thank you, Renata. Maddie, tell us a bit more, your past experiences covering EMEA and Asia, um, and obviously you're calling us and connecting um, from Saudi at the moment. So how do you see connected packaging helping marketers across across all of these different regions to deliver their messages and build their brands. Maybe you have some examples you can share from Stafco. Yes, uh, and maybe also building on what the previous colleagues were mentioning. Um, it's usually in technology, but sometimes it's not. Uh, it helps deliver the messages. And also as uh, Sadafco, uh, most of our packaging is from Tetra Pak. So, you know, it's like paper and it saves the product inside. So, but most people don't know that. So consumers are a lot simpler. Uh, so in long life milk, for example, or long life tomato paste, uh, people expect that there's preservatives while they're not. So the process of the production and the packaging itself uh, saves the product for a longer shelf life. Uh, and most of the research findings come at that after 40 years of doing so with Tetra Pak in Saudi Arabia or across the world, uh, people still think there's preservatives. So one of the messages we are joining forces with Tetra Pak and here in Saudi, and of course it's a global uh, message that in the process, there's no preservatives, which assures people that, oh, this is a fresh product, fresh milk that is only put in a process that saves it for a longer period. And when you open the packaging, it becomes short shelf life. 
So to this message was not really communicated enough because we did communicate it Tetra Pak for the past 40 years, but then still people think that this is has preservatives. So this is one of the things we did here in uh, Sadafko with Tetra Pak, uh, adding a QR code on the packaging with a video on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram that is promoting this message, explaining to people what I just said in a 30 second video uh, to tell them that this is uh, safe for you, this is better for you. So it is one of the options that is comparable to fresh products, mm -hmm. but can stay for a longer shelf life. And this is similar from my past experience on EMEA or Asia. It's interesting to see how similar consumers are globally. You know, with EMEA and Asia, this is 80% of the global population. Uh, and um, what got me into marketing is, is the passion for people and understanding and learning. So when you know that really everyone in the world, like human nature, they want to understand these things. And maybe like what uh, John was mentioning, that with time, things are changing and people are more involved. So in the packaging, like also um, Renata or Pepa were mentioning also that people are getting to know things through this communication, through this technology, and more involved because they want to know more. So mm -hmm. similar across the world, uh, that helps all the brands to do that. And uh, thankfully also with Tetra Pak and these QR codes that are more acceptable these days versus the 2013 when we did the Oreo one, it's a lot more engaging. Uh, consumers are enjoying it to know more about the brand, to know more about this technology. So that helps a lot the business to, to compete versus other competitors and to be more involved, more engaging and adding value to people. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think education is such a big, big part. And there you're able to really explain something that's quite complicated for consumers to understand, really. Long life, short life, how, you know, how does that work then? Um, a really great way to be able to do that. And it might be through a video, it might be through text, there's so many different options, or it might be through gamification, which I know, Renata, you're doing quite a lot of different gamified experiences in the, in the Spanish app. So I think there's a great way to be able to communicate and deliver messages um, in, a, in a way that your consumer can understand. A question from Facebook, actually, or a comment stroke question, um, as we're live on Facebook, so hello to everyone there. Maddie, Renata and Jenny, it seems strange that connected packaging didn't take over the whole packaging industry. Is this type of project um, only been recently launched. Um, when, uh, when are you launching and when are you implementing your connected experiences? Well, um, Maddie, I think you said Oreo was, was 2013 just now. So uh, was that a QR code or uh, what was the connection there? Yes, it was a QR code on the simple wrapper of the four cookies uh, biscuit. Uh, but then maybe like what John was saying, it's there since 1960s. Uh, I didn't know about it until the Oreo times. But then as a consumer, I wasn't really looking for it. So it was something that the brands were educating people about it. And now it's not taking over because I think consumers are busy in their lives, you know, and, and depends on the category of the product. But some categories are like one real, it's, it's too too small of a purchase to think about it. But then the more involved it is, the more the bigger the, the purchase value, people would be more involved. I think when you buy a car, when you buy a house, when you buy something really one time a year or one time in a lifetime, that becomes more involved. 
And it depends on the category. It depends on the people. Like maybe you asked uh, John from a global point of view, how is it different? So I think that depends on the market, the technology that's available, the brands and how they are active and how they compete versus others. Because if no one is talking about it, it's an effort that needs you know, dedication. It needs some spends behind it that might not be the best ROI, the return on investment for the brand or the company to spend on. But then again, there's some things that are long-term, like sustainability that is important for the people, for the world, for the environment that is growing globally. And of course, also here in Saudi for the vision 2030 and so on. No, absolutely. As, as well, the fact, you know, te technologies move forward. In 2013, when Oreo uh, did that with a QR code, consumers would have had to have downloaded a QR scanner to be able to scan the code. Um, in the last three years, phones now, um, uh, smartphones now, allow you just to open the camera and hover over the QR code and automatically you're transported there. Renata, um, the, the experience that you're doing is, is a web app. So people don't need to download anything either to scan the code or to interact in the app, correct? Yes, exactly. This is this is a great advantage to have the web app. Uh, although we also have um, the option uh, of having an app, it depends on on which solution, which enabler that our our customers want. Because, for example, we have also the Unicode, which is a unique QR code that makes so that each package has a, a unique identity so there is no package um there's, there's no package like the other so it's a unique identity actually and then um there are some customers that they prefer having the app uh because then they, they can uh, load there some interesting content and then they can keep the consumers um constantly connected to to the app okay but in some cases as this is a general tetra pack campaign in spain uh, it is better to to have the web app in order to 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 be I mean to get faster to the consumers and to go straight to the point. So it's nice that nowadays we have these different type of options that we can adapt according to the target and to the objective of, of the campaign. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's about you know feeding into what you said, Maddie, as well, looking at the consumer and the type of product. Um, and then Renata, you know, what type of experience is, is going to be best for them. But it is about that immediacy. And I think that's what's really changing things to go back to our question from Facebook as well. You know, I think people were interested in doing it, but the, the technology wasn't making it as easy as it is now. Yeah. Uh, a quick scan, you know, opening your camera. That's now something, thanks also to COVID, that people are, are doing all the time to enter a restaurant and get a, a restaurant menu. It's something very, very um, common now. Open my camera, scan over the code, and I'm, I'm into the experience. So I think that, plus the fact, you know, um, GDPR um, and the deletion of cookies and um, the ability to be able to get first-party data is now becoming much harder. I think is now pushing brands to look uh, and marketeers to look at different ways to be able to achieve that. Um, and then maybe this is a rebirth, I suppose, of, of connected experiences and connected packaging um, for, for brands as well. Um, Maddie, how would you explain um, packaging in the food industry in, in, in Saudi and connected packaging? Do you see that this is also going to be, in particular in your market, something that's growing more? Yes, of course. Um, maybe we mentioned the background of it in 2013. But then like what uh, most of the people know, uh, technology is 
moving faster. And maybe with the purchasing power in Saudi, uh, everyone has a phone or two phones. So with that and the ease of the technology, the, the fast um, interaction, this is moving really fast. And 70% of the population in Saudi Arabia is below 35. So that's a huge population. The majority is young. So the youth is driving purchasing power, is yeah. driving the categories and what's happening. And this is from a population point of view, but also from a government point of view, the vision 2030, uh, it was planned five years ago and it's moving really rapidly with the oil power that is now in IPO that used the power of that to invest in more sustainable things, in sustainable power. So now Saudi is not an oil country, it's a power country or energy country. So they invested a lot in uh, the solar, into hydrogen, into lots of uh, electric uh, machines and future cars. So like Tesla or Lucid or different companies. So the public investment fund also invested huge money into that, which drives the awareness of consumers in Saudi Arabia and big parts of the world. Because, you know, Saudi is known as an oil country, uh, but then now also the, it's moving into other things and catching up with the rest of the world and trying to lead it in 2030, like in hydrogen or electric or solar and wind and water. And there's lots of investments on it from a marketing point of view. So lots of my friends now are working on these things, you know, communicating it to the public, to the consumers. So consumers are educated now by these uh, communications and campaigns that are sometimes astonishing that, oh my God, I didn't know that this is happening here. You know, I, I used to hear about it in Europe or in US or Australia or somewhere, but now it's happening here. So lots of things are uh, becoming more interesting in Saudi. Uh, tourism is one of the big things. I think uh, there's a big investment put behind it to make Saudi one of the top five countries in the world in 2030 and tourism. So lots of investments are going into there. Uh, education for consumers, youth, this is all driving it. And we continue to drive it, uh, I think, to faster, simpler, and more challenging things for consumers or brands to get consumers. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. Renata, as, as a marketing expert within a global leading company, what do you uh, think connected experiences um, is, is going to become one of the main trends in the packaging world? Can you see that there's more to be done in this field? Are you feeling that connected packaging is still about to explode in terms of popularity or has it already reached its potential? Well, uh, first of all, I would like to, to bring a reflection here. I mean, are we really in the digital age? Because, uh, you know, when we observe how the digitalization has been expanding throughout different business areas, we may see examples like, for example, IKEA with the augmented reality experience for checking the furniture at home, um, apps like Alexa or Siri that are really digital assistants, or I mean, how Uber has revolutionized the, the transport at a distance of a click, right? Or even, I don't know, Robot Sophia, which is the first one to have a personal ID. Uh, she has been to Lisbon um, some, some years ago in the Web Summit. Uh, it's really impressive how she can express the feelings. And I mean, and we also have been facing lots of integration uh, of systems in terms of industry, like uh, blockchain, technology. And I mean, this is all increasing productivity and efficiency on the processes. 
which I mean we call uh, industry 4.0. So, I mean, um, having said that, I mean, we can expect that the digital trend associated to to the packages uh, has just started. You know, we have the Unicode solution, as I mentioned, which makes so that each package has one specific identity uh, uh, enabling either consumer engagement solutions or industrial integration or both. And I I can comment that, I mean, we have doubled the number of digital projects in the last three years. So this is like, uh, this is a booming trend. And I mean, in my opinion, this is the digital age already but it has just started lovely thank you very much Renata thank you Renata thank you Maddie let's move now to our second interactive moment of the day and the next question for our audience is would you be interested in getting more information about food and dairy products through scanning a QR code on the package while people are answering that thank you very much Renata and Maddie and we move to the third section of our webinar and today, our third section is with Islam Jasugi. I knew it's just just your fault, Islam. Please, please welcome Islam. It is with my huge pleasure to have you here with us today. Uh, let's just check now on our poll. Uh, we have a, a lovely eighty-eight percent saying sure I would. So really fantastic there. We'll end our polling very positive there. As I say, welcome to you, Islam. Fantastic to have you here. You claim that you are a lover of storytelling. Tell us about that. And how would you describe brand storytelling? Why is it important for brands? Oh, wow. Thank you, Jenny, first of all, for having me here. And thank you for saying my last name absolutely like a star. So that that, that was good. That was good. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm a storyteller. And, and I love to have this as a purpose of my life because I'm a big believer in its power. I think it, it can change lives. It can change companies. It can change uh, people's directions and everything. Regarding your question, which is a big one, like how, how do I look at brand storytelling? Brand storytelling is basically um, an important method for you to create an emotional and engaging relationship with your audience. And the reason why I'm saying emotional, because there is a big difference between storytelling or brand stories and brand advertising or brand ads, because stories are about people. And that's why they speak to the heart. While ads are about products, they speak to the mind. And when you speak to the heart or when you tell a story that is emotional, that evokes and triggers the emotions of your audience, a lot of areas in their brains even start to engage with you. And that's why it's much more engaging than just saying facts. If you say, I have, I don't know, 100 grams versus I stand for social justice, like one versus the other, like both of them are short and sweet, but one is a story about a purpose, about people, the other one is about a product. So definitely stories are a way to create this connection that leads eventually to love brands. And love brands extract much more value to the shareholders and to the stakeholders and to everyone. I wonder as well if you could tell me a particular success story. Have you, you know, of a previous campaign that you've worked on, for example, um, that you could share with us? Of course. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention a story that eventually involves uh, the packaging into it because that's the whole point of, of connection. And connection is not just technology and it's not just uh, QR codes and whatnot. Connection is, so the connection of packaging also goes into your narrative. How can How can you use the, packaging to manifest your, your narrative. So the story I have is called No Label, which we did a few years ago here in the Middle East, here in Dubai. 
And the, the, the bigger idea was that we were trying to drive an agenda of no prejudice, that it takes people a few seconds to start putting a certain label on people. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to uh, really challenge that, that if you take a few extra seconds, perhaps there is more than the label that you're seeing in front of you. And we told a very beautiful story of few people sitting together in absolute darkness in, in, a, in, a, rest, in a restaurant that is absolutely lights off. It's called even noir, which means black in French. And their stories are very different than how they would appear to you. And that's the experiment that we tried to do. So a person who speaks fluent Khaliji Arabic, which is the Arabic of, of the Gulf countries, who is actually British. A person uh, that is like absolutely in a suit that looks more like a Wall Street person is actually a, a hard rock uh, band uh, player. And when you see the story and they're talking and then we put the lights on, we ask them to check under the seats and check a pack. And the pack said, it's a Coca-Cola pack. And it said, labels are for cans and not for keep it. And when Coca-Cola did that, it was like a very big also a testament that, you know what? We're sticking to what we're saying, we're using, uh, and, and arguably the Coca-Cola Spencerian on, on any bottle or any can is one of the most iconic uh, pieces of art, I would say, even not just of marketing, globally recognized. So when we did this, it really connected to the people. People saw this and they remembered that Coca-Cola is reminding us that do not judge by the label, judge by what's inside. So this we did like a few years ago, and I think the, to show the engagement and the emotional, uh, I think it, it gathered like a quickly 17 to 20 million views organic. We had people like Ashton Kutcher, like this was done in the Middle East. Ashton Kutcher tweeted about it, like in, in, in the US and so forth. So that, this shows the power of storytelling and how a brand can use storytelling, which is a story about people to really create this emotional connection with people. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. And it and it's uh, educating, it's also bringing some kind of values from the, from the brand in a in a, in, a, in a storytelling narrative rather than just a, an informative way. I, you know, I love it. I love that campaign. I couldn't go look it up because I didn't know it. So thank, <laughs> thank you for, for sharing that. Um, before making my next question, let me share this quote with you. Um, Brands are like humans. They have the power to change lives for the better via meaningful and purposeful offerings that connect with consumers in an engaging, relevant and emotional way while delivering superior experiences. How can brand storytelling then on packaging influence consumer behavior and purchase intent? How do you see that? So again, based on the the point on connection is basically a continuation of your narrative. So, so and, and it, can, it can definitely influence people if, if told the right way. And, and the right way is definitely authentic and credible and also inspiring. So I'll, I'll also use an example to answer that. So in, in Saudi Arabia, we wanted to also have a point of view in football, that football actually brings people together and doesn't divide people. Mm-hmm. Which for, for, for the eye, if you look at football in the beginning, you feel, ah, okay, football, usually people choose clubs. So you'd have, I don't know, Liverpool, Everton, or Liverpool United, and for, for, for that matter. In Saudi Arabia, we chose that we wanted to launch Share a Coke, which is a very famous campaign, one of the best campaigns that shows connected packaging to, to its best, to its core. But we wanted to give it a twist that it's not just the names. You wanted to take it up a notch. And then we made it share a cope with your rival. And the story that we told uh, is that we, we actually gathered fans of opposing clubs. And then they were not, to, I mean, they didn't know that they're in the same room. And then we started telling them, like, what would you say about the other club? And they started bantering and trolling, of course, in the beginning. 
But then when we started asking like the more emotional questions, like, and they started revealing that, oh, their brother is supporting the rival club and so forth. And then when we gave them the cans and the cans had the rival club names, they went and looked for somebody from the rival club to share the pack with, right? So, so the can becomes a, a very important connection element in your narrative to tell the story of bringing people together. So it has to always lead to the bigger narrative that you have and the purpose you're trying to instill in people's minds. Yeah, another fantastic example. Thank you. Um, fantastic example as well of being able to build community. And I think that's another thing that, that COVID has actually pushed into um, the spotlight, really, which is about, you know, things and bringing people together. Um, so I think that's a fantastic example of being able to do that as well. Um, what would you consider as the top three factors that brands need to take into account when thinking about telling a story through innovative packaging? Nice. So I'm Egyptian, so I like to use uh, pyramid analogies. So if you look at it as, as a pyramid, so it has three layers. So I think the base should start like number one with authenticity. Like everything that you're doing needs to really be credible to who you are as a brand and the ways you do business and the ways you manifest yourself. It has to be authentic. It has to be credible to who you are. Second, on top of that, it has to be relevant to people because you could do something very authentic, but nobody cares. And given mm -hmm. that we are all in the business, the biggest challenge that is going to um, be the number one objective in every marketer's agenda is how to gain attention. Attention span is going to become the biggest currency that people are going to fight for. Because if we think Gen Z doesn't have enough attention span as a father of two kids who are Gen Alpha, you have no idea what's coming. No idea. So from an attention span, it has to be relevant. It has to yeah. talk to the people. It has to be part of their lives. And third, so that it, you finish the pyramid like a stop, it has to be definitely unique and distinguished for you, differentiated. So arguably, I would say like bringing people together, for example, is something that Coca-Cola always stood up for being super positive and optimistic and trying to remove labels in the world is something yeah. that Coca-Cola stood up for. If I take another brand, even of our portfolio in Coca-Cola and use it, it's not going to work mm -hmm. because it's not going to be distinguished and unique for the brand. So authenticity, relevance, and uniqueness, that would be like, I don't know, the traffic. And, and I'm, I'm not the one who, who invented those. I think everybody knows them. Sometimes we choose to not to apply them because it's difficult, but yeah. I think these are, these are the three rules that will definitely lead to success. Love that. Good. And in a pyramid. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have a question from Facebook for you. Um, Islam, how do you measure the impact of storytelling in, in Coca-Cola campaigns? Is it something that you can quantify? Yes and no. Uh, because end of the day, we say that we want to build love brands. I yeah. think love, love is a very big, massive emotion. Yeah. And it's, it's very hard to quantify emotions. Yet, it is also very possible to quantify dislike or hate. Uh, it is also very uh, easy to see if the story connected with people in terms of shares and likes and talkability. Mm -hmm. It is also interesting to see the organic factor of a story. So net-net, yeah, there are, of course, KPIs to check if your brand is more loved, is more favored, is a trendsetter, is for people like us and stuff. Like, there is a lot of criteria there, and it's always in relation also to your competition and to the market and to other brands. But I think the reason why I said no, you can't, because we know 
like it's like you go and watch a movie and then after the movie you say you love it or you don't and if people start debating you can have some arguments you can have some reasons why definitely the movie makers and the box office checks the 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 the, the ticket money and they check like how much uh, dollars the movie generated and then it can become successful in that aspect alone but to check if people loved it or not you have like ratings and people share and so forth so i think and now it's been very democratized so mm-hmm. the answer comes from the people to the people so you'd see that uh, if if a story starts happening and people like like this dark if far no label that we did we didn't pay Ashton Kutcher. If we wanted to go and pay him money to, to promote it, he would ask for a lot of money, but we did not. He connected with it. He felt it's relevant and unique to him. And he posted it to all his fans. Yeah. That is love. So that is something that you cannot expect, but you can definitely see that it happened. Yeah, yeah. And a, a engagement time, shares, all those things are, are tangible uh, elements. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Islam. You have shared some great examples and I'm, I'm going to go search out the, the labels one because I, I think that's really, really interesting and, and delivered in such an interesting way as well. So I'll definitely check that out. Thank you so much. To conclude this session, we will ask one more question to our audience and hoping everyone has taken some notes about these brilliant insights um, gathered by our fantastic panellists today. So the question is simple. What is your relationship with connected packaging experiences? Have you ever scanned a pack? So while people are answering that before our very eyes, I would just like to thank again everybody um, in our in our webinar. Thank you again, Islam, for your participation and for your kindness to the way I've pronounced your last name. Thank you to John Jeffries, to Maddie al Sohosini, and everyone who's turned up to this webinar. Renata, thank you very much to yourself and for your views on Tetra Pak as well. Thank you to everyone. Let's have a look now at our webinar. Oh, and it's a 50-50. I'm excited to try and I've tried it before. No one has said I don't want to try it. So that is very encouraging. And I think that's very indicative of perhaps what you were saying, Renata. You know, we are in this digital age and it's about to boom. You've doubled, I think you said doubled in the last few years, your number of projects. So it looks like people are excited to try. So really, really, really positive. Thanks again to everybody. Um, I think these insights were, were very useful. If you're interested, we have a Connected Packaging Summit on the 29th and the 30th of July. So um, please do check out that information. If you want to know more, or if you had any other questions, please do forward them to me, Jenny at appetitecreative.com, and we'll forward you the recordings as well. Thanks again to everyone. That leaves me just to wish you a very good day. Thanks very much. Thank you.